Welcome to another episode of Conduct Detrimental, and welcome back to my voice. It is back since I recorded last time and I had no voice. Matt Timpanic uh, of Timpanic Law is my co-host this week. What's up, Matt? How you doing, Dan? I'm good. I met, so today's recording this on Thursday. On Wednesday, I attended the SPC Summit North America Conference at Meadowlands with sponsor of the show, Better Edge, Greg Kajewski over there. So, um, you know, it's funny. I, I, you know, I was telling you this, we spoke, we spoke yesterday after the conference. I'm like, we got to be hitting up more of these conferences. It's tremendous networking. And I, I mean, I think I can say this, a ticket to that event costs like, it was about 500 bucks to get in, which is a lot of money. I think most people are, that are at firms will pay for it. You, Matt, you're your own boss, so you would have to pay for it out of pocket. But if you can land like, I don't know, one client out of that, like one, it is, it is totally worth it. So I mean, I made a lot of big, sometimes it's not like direct value add, but I've met, you know, exchanging those like, nice to meet you at the conference emails. So like, I probably met about somewhere between 10 and 15 people. Uh, maybe one will result in a contact. Maybe I'll maybe I'll meet someone that that I can send someone, uh, give someone a job out of it. But I'm happy that the cosmic karma has lined up. Matt, are you are you a, uh, are you a conference guy? Have you, are you a big conference guy? I'm a, I'm a conference guy. I definitely, I meet with a few people and develop the connections and the relationships and follow up on those. The thinking being is that I want to ensure like part of when you're starting off on your own a new firm, you have to create business, but first you have to create relationships and a good 10 minute, like, I don't know, meet and greet is good, but maybe having lunch with them during the conference, following it up, like you said, and cultivating that relationship. Right. Because that client, it might not need you at first, but down the road, they're you're the guy they're going to call. And what I also can tell you is just posting about it and constantly posting is in, in it is impossible not to underestimate how important that is. Talking about posting on social media, you're talking to the guy that loves to post on social media. Before uh, people think that we're just going to do like we, we try to keep I'll try to keep those Conlon episodes. And I guess the feedback was good. We're going to have Conlon back on Sunday. Uh, again, I'll have a voice this time. But yeah, we'll, we'll try to keep the banter to those episodes. But it's always always fun. Uh, this is going to be more of a traditional episode. We got f- uh, four topics, five if you can sneak in, sneak in uh, the boxing one. But uh, we'll try to keep it. At, we'll try to keep this fairly tight. We'll see how long it goes. But Matt Ariza, Bills punter, uh, cleared of all criminal charges. He was cut from the Bills. Talk about talk about all that stuff. Jalen Carter, Eagles draft pick, number nine pick overall. Now uh, he might have settled up his criminal case. We're going to talk about a civil case that has now been brought relating to that incident. Uh, Henry Ruggs, former Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver. Matt, I'm not going to step on your toes there. That's that's your bread and butter on the criminal side. And the criminal prosecution, the arrest that I think everyone wanted, public enemy number one. I don't know if we wanted it, Matt. I'm not, I'm not rooting for anybody to get arrested. But Jackson Mahomes, brother of Patrick Mahomes, Going to prison and uh, all the memes were coming out like America. We got him. We did it. So I love to love to get your thoughts on that. Uh, a reminder: This podcast sponsored by Better Edge, the social betting platform. Greg Kajewski, my guy over there. We we did allude to uh, we were going to have a conversation with our friends at Better Edge about kind of doing some fun betting, you know, between our show and, and some of our listeners. So we I think we're going to have that rolling by this time next week. If you want to hop on there, you get twenty dollars for free just for signing up. There's real money, real deposits. You're betting against Joe Schmoes like me, who sometimes uh, will recommend the losing bets, and then you can beat me on those. So use our promo code CONDUCT on Better Edge for $20 for free just for signing up. Matt, what do you want to do first? Do you want to do your guy, Matt Areza, your namesake? We can do it. We can start with him. All right. So with Matt Areza's case, this 
this week it came out. We knew that the criminal case was uh, declined, I think, back in December. So it's been about six, seven months or so since this actually had an open criminal case. What it turned out this week is now there is evidence that is being presented that Matt Ariza wasn't even there at the time of the alleged incident in question. It was something I think we talked about in a previous episode or and we've done it obviously on Twitter and stuff like that back and forth. One of the things that stood out to me most is they made allegations, the alleged victim in her civil complaint by her attorney made allegations that there was a controlled call where Matt Ariza made admissions. That was to me something that I looked at and was like, okay, if they have this, why haven't they charged him criminally? It's likely because there was no control call and Matt Ariza was never there because that's what the evidence has said. Uh, definitely this week, I think the uh, district attorney's office talked about they reviewed numerous recordings of this incident where this alleged gang rape took place at San Diego State and Matt arises in none of the recordings. So not only is there no like physical evidence, it doesn't even sound like he was even there. As such, they declined to file the case. And now we're getting the huge I word in criminal law, innocent. Like we have clients who are guilty and not guilty. Very seldom do you actually have a client who is innocent, who actually did not do what was alleged by by the district attorney's office. So it is a crazy situation, especially considering he was the punk god, got, I think, like a $4 million contract. And then once these allegations took place, unceremoniously cut by the bills, and nobody has touched him since. Great breakdown. Here's here's where my, my brain goes. You're on you're the criminal side. I'm on, well, I used to be on the civil litigation side. I guess I do a little bit now, but uh, I mainly do the transactional side. But let's, you know, we'll talk through it for our sake. There, at least as of, as of the time of this recording, there was a pending civil case brought by the accuser against Matt Ariza. I think there was a, uh, I mean, this number, again, I think USA Today had this report, but I think as, as of today, there was a $50,000 offer or I guess we'll say it was a demand made by the plaintiff's counsel uh, to see if Ariza would settle. So this is where you and I put our legal hats on for a second. If the DA's office withdraws a case and they don't think they can get to all the way to the burden of beyond all reasonable doubt, when I do my like little law school spiels, I'm like, beyond all reasonable doubt, like what's that like 95% confident, 90% confident. It's not a, it's not a real, it's not a real number by any means, but like, you know, 90% beyond all reasonable doubt. Yeah. The civil case standard is is something that's pretty specific. It's preponderance of the evidence. When you weigh all the evidence, you think it favors one side over the other. That number is, is actually 51% or 50.1% when you weigh everything. So people are saying like, well, now that the case, this criminal case was dropped against Verizon, does that mean that the civil case is going to go away? Not really. No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean it at all. But let's say like the DA's office doesn't think they can get to, they think they're at 70% or 75%, right? They don't feel confident the case can continue. So it's not, it's not crazy that this accuser will try to continue forward with her civil case. Most likely, right? It's not going to be a winning case if the DA's office doesn't buy it, but there is a world where there might not be a sufficient or, or a winning criminal case. You still have a winning civil case. So I put that out there, Matt, but before I tell you where my, my brain's going next, what do you, what do you think about that? I definitely think you're right on it. It's obviously the criminal case is no more and it's a much higher standard. But given this evidence, what is if if it's believed to be true and it's a very, very like to actually say it is a huge thing for the district attorney's office to say and what is being reported. 
I don't foresee the civil case going anywhere because obviously I think it was the alleged victim's attorney offered Ariza a $50,000 settlement to settle the case. Matt Ariza has got to know and his attorney's got to know. He can't, he can't settle this. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not going to be able to play in the league. If he, if he were to accept that $50,000 and pay that to end the case, people would assume that he did it. And then it's like, okay, he just paid hush money. He doesn't have the talent, unfortunately, to justify the tolerance. So he's like, I need to be completely innocent, and that's what I am. And that's by rejecting that settlement to end the case and go through all of this. I don't care if I spend $100,000 defending this up. I did not do this. That is what he is saying. I mean, listen, I, I do I feel bad? Certainly, that that the football player's life uh, has really been ruined. Um, I think from a reputational financial earning standpoint, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if any team will ever take a chance on him again. And, and I mean, they should, right. He's cleared of criminal charges. We'll see what happens in the civil case. There, there's one other element to this that we should at least discuss, right. It's the defamation piece. If the DA's office believes that no crime occurred here, that he wasn't even present, right. Actual malice is the standard and matter, matter arise, even though he's like a hunter and, you know, he's not like Brett Favre, which we'll talk about the McAfee case. Uh, I'm sure at some point in this episode, but like, you know, did this person make this up? I have no idea, right? The timing, people have talked about it. Like they waited for Matt Ariza to get the Bills job. Like he got drafted by the Bills, won the punting job, and then they brought the claim up, I think right before the season was about to start. So this was an incident that occurred while he was at San Diego State. So obviously from the time that he graduates from San Diego State, goes to the draft process, gets drafted, wins the job in camp, a lot of time has passed. So, you know, the timing was a little suspect. Not to say that that doesn't mean there's a case there at the end of the day, but the timing was interesting we'll say so i think matt arise's team has got to be thinking about do we have options here on the defamation side if he really wasn't there right maybe there's a world and and i uh, my understanding of the allegations that alcohol was involved in some way shape or form maybe the victim here again playing devil's advocate didn't truthfully didn't know that that arisa wasn't there maybe it's a case of mistaken identity in which case right actual malice you have to show that the person knew what they were saying is false but said it anyway so a lot of people jumping down and, and saying like you know, Ariza should go after her for everything, for defamation, for this. You know, there's still a lane where it doesn't make sense for Ariza to sue for defamation if alcohol was involved. It genuinely made a mistake, right? Mistaken identity. I don't know. I, I think that's, I, I, we'll see what Ariza does. I'm not sure where the statute of limitations stands. Generally, statute of limitations on a defamation case is going to be one year from when the, the allegations were made or when, when it was made public. But we'll see. Matt, what do you, what do you think on the defamation side? I think it, it could be very strong. It all depends. Remember, she has to know what she's saying is not true because Matt Ariza is a public figure. Obviously, he's the punt god. And outside of the sports circle, sports law circle, which is relatively small, he's not. his name is not really going to ring a bell. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember here. He's that uh, punter guy that he, uh, he had those sexual assault allegations against him. And that's where, for me, that's where the case gets very interesting. That's how P is known throughout the country. Not many people have seen the fact that, obviously, he wasn't there. That, that's what the district attorney's office found, and that's why they didn't charge him. I think, I think I read something in the USA Today article that the prosecutor literally went by bullet point by bullet point explaining why they didn't charge this case. And I definitely think there is something there for Matt Ariza in a defamation case. But it might become a little hazy. Like you said, alcohol was involved. Was she just mistaken? It's like, oh, uh, that guy looked familiar. And then she's watching, I don't know, a preseason football game. And they show this guy on the sideline be 
being uh, named the punter guy. I was like, that guy was there. And is that how it started? We don't know. Remember, actual malice is a very high bar to come o- to overcome. And it's definitely something the alleged victim, if there is a defamation case, will definitely hide behind for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess there's not much else on this. We'll see. I don't have a problem with Matt uh, Ariza. I have no problem if the guy gets a job in the NFL again. We've, we've seen people with civil cases play in the NFL. Play Far civil worse. Civil yeah. cases. I mean, Deshaun Watson is one of them, right? Uh, he still has civil cases pending. He just played last season. So I have, I have no, like, do I, do I think it's a bad look, right? For, you know, for a guy to be playing with civil, civil case. Sure. But in our country and, you know, obviously the NFL is a little bit of a different animal, but you know, innocent until proven guilty. Right. So I, I really didn't have an issue with Deshaun Watson playing. I had an issue with Deshaun Watson, like playing it both ways, apologizing for, I think the term he used was like, I'm sorry if I triggered people. I'm like, what is this? Like double speak. Either you, either you're sorry or you're not sorry. Like don't, don't apologize for the sake of apologizing. Either you did it or you didn't do it. And if you didn't do it, like where's your defamation case? So like, that's a little stuff that goes through my head a little bit. I definitely think that'll be a future episode because I think I'm almost positive I've read somewhere that one of the cases is not settling no matter what and is actually going to trial against Deshaun Let's Watson. See it. I'm, I'm all be- for it. Because definitely that was something that, uh, like that obviously, that announcement, no criminal case charges were being filed, obviously after arraignment. That was very shocking. So we definitely see in a defamation case and a sexual assault case at that what the actual evidence was, because we've only heard it through Tony Busby and through obviously reporters, what the evidence is. We'll find out in the court of law for sure, which what is actually fact and what is actually fiction. Okay. Let's, let's put a, let's put a pin on, uh, on our, our guys, well, Ariza and Watson, but as a complete aside, <laughs> not something just made me think of this, Matt. Um, uh, and any of the legal employers that you've worked with in the past, are you ever aware of somebody like falling asleep at the job? Let me think. I think potentially when I obviously don't want to say which firm I was at. I definitely think early on in my career, I might have people uh, had fallen asleep in their chairs, like especially the older generation, I think, is that the uh, the more experienced generation. I think that's the def- best way to describe it. So uh, this is kind of random, but like, well, I'll make sense of it. But uh, I, I, you know, so I speak to a lot of, um, you know, uh, one L's, two L's, three L's. I, I've, I heard a story and somebody just texted me that reminded me of something. But uh, the, I heard a story once of a law student, um, not an older generation person, um, falling asleep, like at their computer, like with their door open. And like my office here, like I have. This window like looks into the atrium. It's like not the best view, but I have a, a window from the hallway that looks into my office. So this person fell asleep like at their desk and they have an internal window. And like it was almost kind of like a little bit of a zoo situation that like everyone was like looking at the guy with his door closed, like looking at the window. So um, listen, this is the time of the year, right? It's May. A lot of you are going to be starting your summer internships. There's no sponsor here. I'm just some free advice. Um, make sure that you do not fall asleep uh, during your summer employment at the job because that is a very easy way to not get that job come the fall. Uh, I might, uh, the story that I'm telling you might not be a hypothetical story. It might have happened and this person might have, might not have gotten a job solely because they fell asleep that one day and then, then people never looked at them the same again. Don't do that. Is that good advice or like self-explanatory? 
Uh, that's pretty self-explanatory, but you'd be shocked in the legal profession what you actually have to say and reiterate that you would think is common sense, but uh, isn't. And my experiences. We, um, I spoke to Stephanie, oh, you guys are listening to this. Well, at some point, we're going to try to do like a sports law resume workshop. There's a lot of things that, you know, that I, I've learned over the years. I've seen good resumes. I've seen bad ones. I've seen people, uh, you know, like people I've spoken to, law students that have reached out and, you know, I, I, I speak to them and they, there's a lot of no-nos that they say in that call or back to the rundown. Uh, let's do Jalen Carter next. You know, for those that don't know Jalen Carter, I'm not sure how true these rumors were, but I think there was at one point he was the potential number one overall pick uh, in the uh, the draft that just occurred. And, you know, I've heard, I think, uh, you know, different analysts have said he's the top, top talented player in the draft if he get his stuff together, whatever. He ends up sliding the draft in part because of the criminal, excuse me, a criminal issue that he had. So defensive tackle at, at Georgia, he, uh, again, I guess had some type of warning or some type of citation that the kind of police, you know, did away with or gave him a slap on the wrist. And that was, I think, in the fall a couple months ago. And then another incident occurred about, you know, a couple of weeks, couple months after that, an incident where he, I don't want to say allegedly or whatnot, but it was a a racing incident where whereby Jalen Carter was in an adjacent car, maybe racing, maybe not racing. Well, who, who knows? We'll figure this part out. But the other car that was involved in this incident, you know, got into a crash. There were some fatalities involved, really kind of tragic incident. Um, and Jalen Carter was kind of uh, accused of not being forthcoming with, you know, authorities right away about his involvement. And anyway, you know, the guy takes, uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll let you explain it, Matt. So, you know, obviously he, he wrapped up his his criminal case in advance of the draft, but I'd love you to explain kind of what that resolution was and now the next phase that has now occurred as of this week. So reviewing the plea agreement he actually pled to was reckless driving. I think it was just a bunch of misdemeanors and a period of probation, statutory fines, costs, public service. And that's about it, which is pretty on par, like pretty, pretty good, given the allegations and what actually happened. As you all are aware, he's driving. It looks like he's in a drag race with his friend. His friend, his friend dies. And obviously he doesn't and is arrested for it. Subsequent to that, he obviously falls in the draft. I've definitely read other things additionally to what you said about, I think he was, people talked about him, the number one overall prospect, him and Bijan Robinson. But I think part of the reason, obviously the incident, but what I read more in multiple different outlets is people talked to, NFL teams spoke to the Georgia staff and they did not have good things to say about him. Real character issues. And when you have real character issues and you're trying to mature, I don't know if the best place to go is to where all of the people you're comfortable with have grown going on to play. Well, obviously, George Bulldogs, Nolan Smith, uh, now DeAndre Carter. Think of all the individuals on the Eagles that are just on that Georgia team that he's now on. But with Jalen Carter, his situation is, all right, let's get this resolved as quickly as possible. We don't want to see the word felony in in front of the charges because that can never be taken off your record and if there's ever a situation where the league goes overseas adds a canadian team adds a mexican team adds a team in the uk you might not be able to travel because some of those states i know canada for sure you can't travel to those places with a felony so he literally his attorney got his case resolved as quickly as possible for as little as possible as given those facts and circumstances that were pretty egregious given the speed he was going. 
Additionally, what I think this week has happened is the family of that victim, the other driver, has filed a lawsuit against Jalen Carter for, I believe it was wrongful death, seeking, I want to say, like $30 million, obviously far exceeding what he, his rookie, I think his rookie contract is probably what, like $25 million or something like that, four years, $25 million fully guaranteed, fifth year, option year. And that will set up a very interesting civil case because it adds the question is like, was this foreseeable? Absolutely. When you have a drag racing situation, somebody getting hurt is absolutely foreseeable. But is Jalen Carter liable? I don't know. Oh, I mean, um, well, let's let's talk about that, right? I mean, when you were engaging in inherently dangerous activity, right, and you were going how fast? How fast was was Carter going? What was the, what was the number? I think like, it allegedly. was like one twenty. It was. I think it was okay. allegedly like one hundred twenty miles an hour. And is it? I mean, you and I, right? We'll make this hypothetical so we don't get in trouble. Like, is it safe to assume the other car was going in the in a triple digit number? I would absolutely say that the other right. car if, was if, going the same number. If you voluntarily engage in that activity, right? And let's say the person, like, let's say someone in the back's not sleeping or they're not like drunk or some way that they couldn't consent to it or, or something like that. If everybody got in the car and that was the plan to engage in some form of drag racing, right? And short of like, in, in this hypothetical situation, like Jalen Carter, like running them off the road or putting them in a, in a race situation where it forced them to go off the road, something like that. You know, Matt, I mean, uh, maybe this is a rhetorical question, but like, isn't this some level of assumption of the risk when you engage in that type of activity, right? Like no brainer. Uh, yeah, no, it's absolutely, uh, depending on what kind of uh, legal standard it is, like comparative negligence, modified pick comparative fault, whatever Georgia is, that will definitely dictate how this case actually plays out. Because without a doubt, uh, the, alleged, the alleged victim in that, the decedent, played a role in his own death and right. assumed some of the risk. So depending on how much he actually assumed as the case flushes out, it, it could be a situation where summary judgment is granted. Or also, depending on how much role Jalen Carter played, if it's a mo- if it's a comparative uh, negligent state, it could, I don't know, progress to the point where it's we're in a mediation and Jalen Carter and Drew Rosenhaus and whoever is representing Jalen Carter is like, instead of this going to trial and all these bad facts coming out, it might be in your best interest to just cut a check. That's I, also possible. I, I'm going to agree with you. And then, and just, again, uh, maybe it's my ADD brain, but, uh, you know, that people know about the assumption of the risk defense in, in labor law. If anybody has this in, you know, any labor law, 240, 241 cases is nonsense New York stuff, but there are defenses in labor law. They're, it's uh, doctrine. I, I know it's in New York. I don't, I imagine it's in other places, but it's called the recalcitrant worker defense. And that's basically a defense that like this thing was caused because one worker and one worker alone went so far out of the bounds of what is reasonable and under and understood to be expected under those situations. So I've won a um, summary judgment motion on this, like recalcitrant worker defense. It's, I don't practice in labor law anymore, but like you can have situ- situations where someone's activity it's a version of assumption of the risk where you're doing something so dangerous and so like out of the normal for what is expected by a reasonable person under the situation where you might be 100% the sole cause for yourself. So this concept of comparative negligence, contributory negligence, really what it is, is a conversation about like causation, right? Like, do I blame the, the family that passed away from suing uh, Jalen Carter? No, because I, I I would think, right, in some version, I could reasonably see that Jalen Carter in some sense was a cause. Was he the proximate cause? Was he a, was he a, you know, a main cause? Um, I have no idea, but we're going to have to see what discovery and the investigation bears out. I'm sure there's 
accident reconstructionists that can figure this thing out. But uh, you know, also, again, like $30 million for the life, the loss of life of two young, seemingly very healthy, you know, young individuals. Like that's not, or I think maybe it was just one family, but it's, it's not that crazy of a number. And that number really has nothing to do with how much Jalen Carter has made in his life or, or will make in his life. But yeah, that's, people are going to pull a headline and say like, oh, it's a money grab. It's this. I'm like, no, somebody lost their life and they're trying to get as much money as they can to, you know, uh, you know, under the situation. I think everyone, I think everyone would do the same thing here. That's like during the Kobe Bryant wrongful death case. Like, you know, I cover that case in my, uh, in my class every semester. And it's like, I talk about it, like nobody sued Kobe Bryant. And like, I get it. Like, you don't want to sue Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant's a legend and this and that. But like, uh, again, I hope this is not controversial, but like Kobe Bryant, it was, was in a situation where he seemingly organized that flight. I believe he was the one that rented that helicopter. Like there was a world where Kobe certainly had some some degree of potential fault that could have come out. But, you know, uh, for whatever reason, Kobe was not sued. But, you know, I, I, I don't I don't blame I wouldn't have blamed any one of the victims of the, the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash had they sued Kobe Bryant's estate. Like, I, you know, at the end of the day, someone's life is lost. You need to collect as much money as you can. Kobe was worth like. 600 million, according to Forbes at the time of his passing. Like if that's, if that's someone that can help these families feel whole, like so be it. And I feel the same way with Jalen Carter. I, I have no, I have no promise on following this lawsuit. Absolutely. Matt, let's stick with another similar, you know, another tragic case, Henry Ruggs, um, another football player, uh, professional football player, wide receiver with the Oakland Raiders. I'm going to, I'm going to lay it up to you. Ruggs has been dealing with this case. You and I have been talking about this for like a year and a half. More than that? Yeah, November, October, November, twenty twenty one. That's was right. The first yeah. time I wrote about it and appeared about it. So, I, why don't you fill people in just uh, on, on the latest on rugs? I think people know. Obviously, gets a serious criminal charge, vehicular manslaughter. Really tragic case where a a twenty, I think she was in her twenties, right? Young young girl, and her. Yeah. Uh, I hate, I'm a dog person, so I hate I hate even saying this, but passes a. Uh, Whatever I'll say, it. a 25 year old girl and her uh, dog were trapped in a car and, and tragically passed away in this like inferno in the situation. So again, we're not we're not saying who caused it. This we're not going to get in trouble on this part, but like uh, that was what what in that incident. That's what we're talking about. So really tragic incident, loss of life, loss of loss of dog's life to make things even worse. And so Henry Ruggs uh, got cut bait really quickly with the Raiders. Sometimes people kind of hang around. You know, is the charge is going to stick through? The Raiders cut bait with a first round pick almost immediately. And this case has been kicking around a criminal court for a while. You and I were commenting what's taking so long. This shouldn't be, you know, toxicology report shouldn't be taking that long. But anyway, Matt, we have uh, some sort of a resolution. So what, what what's the case there? So Henry Ruggs entered into a plea deal where he will serve three to 10 years in prison. So back when this originally happened, I actually think I first appeared on Fred Davis's show. I was actually on my way to Vegas. For the World Series of Poker main event, one might see it online. And I get a text message on the plane. I don't know how I actually, because I had Wi-Fi on. And Fred actually asked me to appear on the air. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So I get to actual Vegas. And I'm like, uh, based on these facts and circumstances, what you're going to see is Henry Rugg serve upwards of 10 years in prison for this offense. And then obviously talked about how they're going to challenge the blood. As we know, I think like six months ago, they tried it. It didn't work. Once they tried that defense, there's like, we can't try this case. You're going to lose. So the best thing we can do is get some kind of cap sentence where at worst you're doing 10 years and you could do as little as three and at most you'll do 10. And that's your absolute best 
uh, option. And it was, and it absolutely is his best option to plead. I, there were definitely talk throughout the case where it's like, oh, he could have blamed the woman who was in the vehicle with him as the driver, but we knew that wasn't the case. And in these types of vehicular homicides, usually most uh, police departments, and I'm sure uh, Las Vegas County, well, Clark County, I should say, is no different. They have traffic homicide. When I did a DUI manslaughter case, when I was still with the state attorney's office, they obviously did a reconstruction of the vehicle, and then they pulled DNA off the steering wheel and the dashboard to see where what parties were sitting. And what happened was the alleged driver of the vehicle's DNA was on the on the steering wheel, and the alleged victims was on the dashboard. And I I would have to think the same thing happened here, where the attorney his attorneys were like. You're driving. They can prove you're driving. And what's worse, these facts are horrific. Not only did she not die on impact, she died burning alive, unfortunately, right. to get graphic. And her dog died as well. Yeah. So it's just it's not something you want to put in front of Never. a jury and be like, uh, sorry, I was at Top Golf and I drank too much. That's no, I, not going to be an excuse. It's not no, going to fly. Right. This is a case. You know, and, and for Henry Ruggs, his NFL career is, is over. I'm, I'm not not proud Never to predict over. that. I don't. But you, you have a, a situation where, you know, someone passed away. You're posting. A, I don't think maybe it was him and was his girlfriend, but there were pictures that were coming out of, of drinks at Top Golf. The, the lawyer tried to make an argument. No, uh, we don't know who was driving. Maybe it was the girlfriend. Maybe it was him. And I'm like, you know, at, at this point, like. I, I get it. I get it. You know, you're hired as a criminal defense attorney, Matt. You've you've been on that side of it. You've been on the other side of it. You have to create some some plausible argument to try to get a reduction in the charges. But, you know, the human being in me is like, let's just let's just end this case. Let's let, you know, Henry Ruggs move on. But, you know, a criminal defense attorney's got to do his job. Matt, what do we what do we think? Do you think this was lighter than you expected in terms of the resolution or more serious? I, uh, I wasn't sure what to predict on that side. To get a cap sentence, like if think of Britt Reed, where they agreed to no seeking no more than this. Britt, to get Britt, a cap, Britt Reed, the son of Andy Reed, with the uh, another vehicular, not a manslaughter, but you know another, another really bad DUI case. But go ahead. To be able to get this, you have to get the alleged victims, well now victims' family, to sign off on this. Usually, a lot of states have these kind of requirements. So to get a this kind of sentence, which would probably be maybe. On the lighter side, the victim's family is like, we don't want to go through this. We don't want to go through a trial and seeing in here and look at the photographs and other people see what my daughter's final moments were. And definitely it was, all right, I have to think the judge is going to set, like he's going to serve closer to 10 than he is to three because it, it the crimes were just too egregious. I think he was going 126 miles an hour at impact he was actually going faster but 126 miles an hour when he actually hit this i, I want to say it was a prius obviously it's been about a couple of years since we first started covering this but uh, i definitely think it is a well in our criminal justice system uh, very rarely do people walk away satisfied unless they're vindicated but i definitely think that a little bit lighter but understandably so that the victim's family does not want to go through this doesn't want to go through a prolonged trial and have their uh, daughter seen by obviously jury. And it would have gotten a lot of publicity, this trial being it is Henry Ruggs. He was the first round pick for the LA uh, Las Vegas Raiders. 
given how good they are at drafting first round draft picks who can't go, <laughs> can't go from the strip to home without getting arrested for something. Yeah, there's something in the water over the Raiders. They got a lot of litigation. If it wasn't for the commanders, the Raiders would be leading leading the pack in uh, <laughs> litigation. There's like the Devontae Adams. I think he got a police report when he pushed that guy. Yep. Don Rudin. There's one other one I'm not thinking of. Amerson. Was it Arnett or Amerson? Who uh, like showed his firearm at like the yeah, was it a corner? Was it a cornerback? Yeah, yeah. it was a cornerback. One other guy. Yeah. Yeah. The and Raiders- then he had like the video where he was like had like I think he went full Aaron Hernandez taking a picture of himself like with a gun. It's like, uh, all right, bro. Let, uh, let's have a conversation where we don't like <laughs> essentially find ourselves guilty before we even like go to trial. And of course, the people who don't. Uh, for example, I think Alvin Kamara's case is going to trial this summer is where he, I don't know, he allegedly beat uh, this victim pretty badly. I definitely think there's going to be a self-defense claim. And I I don't know. that That's a true toss-up if Alvin Kamara is actually convicted. Nowadays, self-defense cases are becoming more and more tough to prove for the state. So just give you guys kind of something to think about. That's someone to watch and don't be shocked if uh, Alvin Kamara is actually found not guilty. Well, Alvin Kamara wasn't suspended despite criminal charges, Penny, and some pretty. Was it a felony? Was it felony charges? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, you watched the video. Something you know, how odd it is that he played the entire season with pending felony charges. Like that's well, no. But after Deshaun Watson didn't get suspended for what well, the yeah, allegations. Watson were. didn't have. He wasn't, no, he wasn't charged. But yeah, it was. What I can tell you is this. This is the unfortunate truth of sports. Nobody cares until there's a video. That is horrible to even think. There is but, a video, though. There is a Kamara video. I know, but but then, but nobody was like, oh, Alvin Kamara got into a fight. And then once the video came out, people started to care. Uh, who was it? The guy from the Flyers? His son, like, pushed, like, yeah. a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you hear the thing, and it's like, okay, just keep scrolling. You see a video? Oh. Wow, Willie McGinnis, same about, thing. You're, you're forgetting the main one. This is like the precedent of all video cases, the Ray Rice case. You had, oh. you had there was an there was, I think, an I think they reported that, that there was an incident between Ray Rice and his wife, a domestic incident, and he was suspended for like some ridiculously low amount of games. It was like two, two games. games. Yeah, it was two. And then then the video came out post punishment, and Goodell, who I think had seen the video, this is me allegedly, yeah. then like, oh well. We made a mistake. Uh, I guess we got we had to rewatch the video to figure out like that. The fact that you punish somebody because you didn't think the video would come out, it's, it's bad. But I, but to, to Goodell's credit, we we you know we shit a lot on uh, the owners and commissioners and whatnot. Uh, I think the NFL has gotten better at it, um, but better. I'm not not giving them full grades because with Watson, remember you and I were laughing about this. It's like we're not going to put Watson on the commissioner's example list. He can play if a team is free to trade for him. No big deal. And then they're like. Well, wait, we thought about it. We think this might be bad for business. We're going to try to suspend Deshaun Watson for the entire season. And I'm like, wait, how did we go from he's not on the commissioner's exemplist, right? That's for, for those new to the show. That's kind of like paid leave. You're not eligible to play, but you're getting paid your full salary. But it's some understanding that some bad allegations have been made against you. We went from that for like a year. He was not placed on any type of discipline. He was eligible to play for the Texans, which he just did not, to we want to suspend Deshaun Watson for a year. So I maybe people think I'm taking, you know, uh, the, the anti-Watson side. I'm like, no, that's not even fair to Deshaun Watson. He had an expectation that he was eligible to play. He has not committed any more offenses since the time you said they're not going to put him on the exempt list. Why are you suspending him now? 
So do I think Deshaun Watson should have been suspended? Yes, I do. But do I think the NFL was talking out of both sides of their mouth when it, it needed to be good for business? Like, yeah, I think that's what happened, which I don't necessarily yeah, find. The, the, the NFL, as we know, the NFL says one thing, and if the public opinion is vastly against them like they were in the Deshaun Watson case, because originally uh, when they gave it to the arbitrator, what was it, Sue Robinson gave him six games, and everybody's like, what? But she was only doing it based on precedent, and then the league's like, well, uh, remember, we've changed it, and now we're going to appeal it to you know ourselves, and we're going to institute te- a year-long suspension, which is ridiculous, and we know all that. But it's definitely tough for me when you see the NFL. They're like, oh, obviously, we get, we, we get too much in the weeds talking about, all right, you get six games for – uh, originally, all these sexual assault allegations, and then Jamison uh, Williams getting six games for betting on games at the Detroit Lions mobile, uh, like facility, as opposed to walking across the street doing it and then getting zero games. So uh, obviously, Calvin Ridley, we can go all day about that, but it, but it just definitely for me, uh, it's definitely tough to like actually fully understand how subjective and how like rule or fact-based the NFL actually makes its suspensions. I, I honestly think my, my honest belief is that this is the crime. This is what was the alleged, this, the suspension. So everybody knows as opposed to just, all right, on this day, up, oh, there's no video, four games. Oh crap. Now there's a video. Now it's 12 games. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's, it, it's the NFL as we know it. Speaking of videos, I saw this Jackson Mahomes video and I was kind of like disgusted by it. So for those that haven't seen the video, just look up Jackson Mahomes video and it should come up. So Jackson Mahomes, brother of Patrick Mahomes, this man might be the most hated athlete adjacent person in the country. Uh, he's like a TikTok dancer. People just generally really dislike Jackson Mahomes. People also generally dislike Brittany Mahomes, wife. Patrick Mahomes yeah. wife, but like, but Brittany and Jackson Mahomes like are like TikTok buddies and they do dances. So like there was a, allegedly reportedly allegedly well Brittany Brittany Mahomes and, and Jackson Mahomes were, were relatively quiet this past year so there had been some rumblings again these are not confirmed rumblings but Patrick had kind of said hey everybody lay low you know we gotta switch the narrative like you guys are a distraction which he, he was having to you're like, costing me money too right like it just it I don't know maybe didn't didn't look the best so what happens this past year Nothing, I don't really hear me, and I'm, I'm not really on TikTok, but I see when it pops up on Twitter. I didn't hear anything from Jackson Mahomes. I didn't hear anything from Brittany Mahomes. I'm like, okay, the Mahomes people, they got, they got everything settled up. Everything's quiet. Like, they, you know, Patrick just won the Super Bowl. Okay, I guess everything's all good in, in the Mahomes universe. Uh, not not anymore. Uh, the video that is circulating is of Jackson Mahomes. I don't, I don't think it's he's disputing that's him, but We'll say it's allegedly Jackson Mahomes. Again, we're not trying to get sued on this podcast, but someone that looks a lot like Jackson Mahomes making out with, I think it's a restaurant owner. Was that what it was? It was an owner. Yes. And it's it's a video from a like a surveillance, but it's a, of a back office. And it's Jackson Mahomes like kind of grabbing someone forcefully and uh, and kind of forcefully kissing this woman. And then a, kind of a break in the action. And then like goes back in for a second time. So, I mean, Matt, like if you see that on video, right? And you see someone pushing someone off. What what concepts ring to you without without knowing what the charges are like? What I mean, what what would come up to you? Uh, sexual battery for right. sure. And right. and what was crazy about uh, this the facts and circumstances? 
this actually was charged as an aggravated sexual battery, a felony, and Jackson Mahomes could do up to 43 months in prison for this offense. What I can tell you is this. Nobody in who watches sports likes Jackson Mahomes, and nobody likes Brittany Mahomes. But with Jackson Mahomes, I could definitely – I think of, like, the TikTok dances. And for me, obviously, that was – obviously, watching that video of an individual we believe to be, but not confirmed to be Jackson Mahomes, pulling this restaurant owner and forcing a kiss on. What I definitely think is going to happen is Jackson Mahomes' attorneys are going to try to argue that it was a consensual that – he gave her an opening to lay the kiss on her. She's going to say no, and then it's a he said, she said. And definitely watching it, the video, it you looks like, I don't, It does, to me, it doesn't look consensual. They wouldn't have charged it if the no, uh, prosecutor. She, she shows, I mean, on the video, she pushes him yeah, away. Yeah, she kind of wails, and she kind of is wailing her hands, not like something. Yeah, that no, but she, she pushes, she pushed him off. I mean, it didn't, it didn't yeah. look uh, outwardly. You didn't have, if, if you told me that was consensual, I would be very surprised. Yeah, uh, definitely. What I can tell you is when I watched Jackson Mahomes do the TikTok dance on Sean Taylor's memorial on the field, uh, obviously at, uh, what is that, the Commander Stadium, I'm like, okay, this guy has no clue. This guy literally lives off his brother, considering he got out of jail. He had like a, well, obviously he was arrested, and he had a $100,000 bond. Usually the way bonds work is you either have, you pay $100,000 cash and you get out, or you go to a bail bondsman, put up 10%, 10000 and then the bail bondsman pays the rest. So I would probably have to say, but once you appear in court, obviously the bond is returned to you. So I'm going to guess Jackson Mahomes' brother, Patrick, uh, paid the $100,000 to have him out on bond. I don't, think I, Jackson, I don't think Jackson has that money, so you're probably right. Um, yeah, well, with his 400,000 followers and the people he tells in the restaurants, they, do you know who I am? They don't, pay like, you, they don't pay you a buck per follower? They don't do that? No? Well, I, 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 I could get a few bucks coming my way. I, I, what I can tell you is when that whole thing happened where he g- tried to, like, threaten that Kansas City restaurant, it's like going full Jack Nicholson in The Departed. Do you know who I am? And the restaurant owner was like, no, I have no idea who you are. It's like, well, I'm going to post it to my 400,000 followers and it's going to ruin it. It's like, go ahead and do that. And then when he does that, the restaurant responds, obviously taking the high road, and Jackson Mahomes gets slammed, justifiably so. As like as a criminal defense lawyer, we all of them, ha- all of us have clients we don't like. And I definitely think that if you're Jackson Mahomes' criminal attorney, I don't know if he's the best client. He's going to be your best client as well. It's like uh, he's going to try to tell you that, oh, she gave me the opening. Oh, it's consensual. The video doesn't show it because this kid lives in a bubble. Like that, that's like the honest thing is that he can show up to the Super Bowl whenever he wants, takes private planes. That's fair. Uh, I saw Patrick Mahomes, like I saw him last week at the Kentucky Derby and he was doing the riders up. It's just a completely different life. And this kid thinking that he can get away with it. This case is not a triable case. I can tell you that, especially if you're making a consensual argument, he would have to take the stand. And a prosecutor's dream is to have someone just as removed from reality, living in a bubble like Jackson Mahomes on the stand, trying to tell a lie. A prosecutor, that is your dream, being able to cross somebody that removed from reality. I definitely think this case ends in a plea, a reduction in charges. It'll be interesting to see if they're able to get jail time because his attorney's like, if you get, if they offer you misdemeanors and probation, you're taking it. 
because the alternatives you can do up to 43 months. He'll be like, are they actually going to do that? And like, it's on video. They, they have no problem trying this case. This is not a he said, she said. It's a she said, she said what the video says kind of case. And the jury's going to look at it and be like, yeah, he's she's trying to push you away, bro. Uh, I don't think she wanted that. And it's pretty clear. And it, it it's an aggravated sexual battery. You he's do got, not want to be. Yeah, he's 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 in trouble here. Right. Um, and I. I'm generally a glass half full guy when when I when I can be the 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 person that we saw depicted on that video right d- just seemed to be someone that thought he could get away with it like he just you know what I'm Jackson Mahomes my last name's Mahomes um, you know how I am yeah so you you hope again we'll we'll see what comes of it but you hope it's a teachable moment uh, I I don't think what was depicted again, I don't know how many people you are pulling up the video as we speak but I don't I don't uh. I don't condone what happened on it, but, and I'm certainly not a fan of Jackson Mahomes, but, uh, you know, you hope you can learn from that situation. Just like, again, just so people don't think we're playing, you know, one side or the other, you hope Deshaun Watson can learn from the situation. You hope Trevor Bauer can learn from the situation, not because they necessarily, I'm saying that they did something, but like, you gotta be, you know, you're a professional athlete, right? Or you're, if you're Jackson Mahomes, you have the, the, the last name of a professional athlete, right? You gotta be really smart. You gotta keep everything buttoned up and you can't be putting yourself in situations you know, where you could make yourself look bad, you cost yourself hundreds of millions of dollars, or right, uh, you know, make your make your brother look bad. You know, Patrick Mahomes, flawless image. He does State Farm, he's got the Kentucky Derby, he's everywhere. And you can't have this like black sheep brother who's very publicly tr- trashing the Mahomes last name. So um let's uh let's end with this, Matt. Matt, uh can we talk about where you're going next week? I am actually going tomorrow to tomorrow. Europe flying. Flying to London tomorrow, going to London, Paris, Marseille, and Barcelona. Hitting all the UEFA spots, obviously not to see games, but all of the major UEFA spots. For what purpose? Is business? Uh, no, vacation. My wife and I have been trying to go to Europe for almost four years. Uh, we were supposed to, we thought about it for a honeymoon, but went to Hawaii. Then obviously COVID happened and shut down for a couple of years. And then I was getting the business up and going last year or so. Uh, this is the perfect time to actually we finally put it together and we're doing like two weeks. So we're really excited about that. Like, it's going to be amazing. I'm trying I'm trying to find a time to be able to see if we at least one football match. Well, soccer match for Americans here. Well, get your trips out of the way while you can. When you start having little tympanics running around, you can't do those big trips. So my wife and I, we uh, we did like the island trips for our honeymoon. We went to like Bora Bora, Morea. We That was we got married in 2015 and then uh we did another big trip right after that we did thailand and then uh so we got like two very big trips out of the way and then you know we're never going on a big trip again our, our big trips are like florida to go to disney so disney like, world yeah, yeah that's the way to do it yeah no uh you get you, you get your extravagant trips out of the way and then you get to be matt how, how, how old are you are you like 31 32 you're 32 you're almost my age um i'm turning yeah. 35 this year when you get to my age, you have two little ones. You're like, why did we spend all that money, you know, on a wedding, a honeymoon, Thailand? Like, the kids are expensive. Diapers are expensive. All the shit costs a ton of money. Soccer camp, this one, that one. But it's all good. I'm going to leave you with this, Matt, before we call it a day. I don't know the answer to this question. You and I have not prepped this. You watch any trash television shows? I do. Uh, depends on trash. Like, I was only, trash- I'm only going to ask you about one. You don't have to – listen – you know, don't don't admit to anything. I, I'm only going to ask okay. you about one. Are you familiar with, with the? No. 
<laughs> Are you familiar? Yes, I am, because obviously that's where I lived for a period of time. Uh, I've been. I'm not going to ask you about Florida Shore either. I don't know if that show's still on the air. Um, no, nope. but I've been asking because uh, I'm I'm in the weeds of it. Are, are you familiar with what's going on with Vanderpump Rules? Are you familiar with this? I I sounds familiar. I have. Oh not no! Get it. out of here. You need to get more trashier. This might be the best best reality show on television. <laughs> I watch enough trash. Like I watch shows and there's enough trash writing. Uh, obviously, I don't want to call out any shows right now that were just good. Did. And now- yes, the key. I, you just called them out. <laughs> it's also reality. No, but I mean, like- write anything. <laughs> no, but I mean like actual drama shows that just have bad writing. Well, used to have good writing, and now it's just gone downhill. Well, uh, we'll save it for the Sunday show, but I think we're going to get Stephanie and Conlon on. Stephanie is uh, over at the uh, Sports Lawyers Association Conference this week. I'm getting a little bit of FOMO. If anybody's listening to this, going to be at the SLA. Hit me up. And I'm not there, but I'll tell you all my friends that are there. So whatever, I'll enhance the FOMO. So it's all good, Matt. Excellent job as always. Uh, have fun in Europe, safe travels. And yeah, great job. Uh, we'll figure out another time to do the boxing stuff. Uh, a reminder, podcast sponsored by our friends at Better Edge and also our friends at Themis Bar Review, top bar prep company in the entire galaxy. We're getting close. We're getting close to bar prep time. We're getting now results of people passing the February bar. You are thinking about your bar exam prep needs. Use Themis Bar Review. Now, you could just pop in any random codes and guess Themis ABC123 or just hit me up, call me, text me. My work email is public. I will give you our special uh, extravaganza promo code. Okay, that'll do it for us here at Connect Detrimental. And Matt, safe travels again. We will see everyone next time on another episode of Conduct Detrimental. 